Okay. Tonight uh, is uh, humility. Okay, so I think to start off, it's good, maybe like let's pose some good questions on what humility is, and then we'll answer the questions, and through answering, we'll give the whole vote. <laughs> so, three questions. This is a general thing. Good questions to always ask on anything is what, why, and how. We're going to apply the same questions to this, and then we're going to unpack it. So, the first question is, what is humility? Second one is, why should I be humble? And then, how do I do it? How do you make yourself humble? Okay, so to answer the first question, we're going to find someone who was quite humble, and we're going to see what they did. Because if they're humble, they're going to do humble things. And if they're doing humble things, you can say, okay, this is what humility is. And that's how we're going to work out the definition. So the most humble man in the Torah is who? Moshe. Moshe. Right? Moshe is... Okay, so Moshe is the most humble man in the Torah. Right? The thing is, and the Torah in Dvarim describes him as exceedingly humble. So he must have done lots of humble things. The question is, what things did Moshe do? Right? We all know Moshe's life really well. He's quite a famous figure in Judaism. You've heard of him? Something like every now and then. And... Um, <laughs> He does come up, you're right. And, <laughs> and so let's see the things he did, right? The things he did are very obvious things, we know them. What's the first, like the first big thing Moshe did is he killed that Egyptian that was hitting that tree. Other things that he did is he said to Pharaoh, let my people go. He um, was involved with bringing the plagues to Egypt. He led the Jewish people out of Egypt and in the desert. He received the Torah on Sinai and then he came down and he taught it from us. So these are like big things that Moshe did. And he's called the most humble man. So the big question is, what are these actions that are defining for him? What are, what are these actions and how do they relate to humility, right? What's the common thread between them? So what humility is not, is not being quiet and meek. That's not what humility is. What it is, and is what Moshe did, is that the common thread is this concept. Is that I am nothing compared to Hashem. The only important thing in this world is doing Hashem's will. I'm going to do His will no matter what it takes. If it means I need to stand up and be strong, like Moshe was with the Egyptian when he killed him, then I'll do it. If it means I need to be the teacher for the people, then I'll do it. If it means I need to lead them and deal with their petty complaints, then I'll do it. That's what being humble is, right? Hashem is the most important thing. Whereas, on the opposite side, the... Um, arrogance is I am the most important thing right my ideas are what I'm going to do not no matter what it takes it's just for me okay so that's the difference that's how we're setting up humility that's the concept right um, so we've answered the first question of what is humility for the second question of why should I be humble there's uh, two main points to discuss the first one is that humility is like how we just defined it is getting out of yourself right it's getting to the mindset that there's something bigger than me so being humble gets you out of yourself it gets you out of pettiness if you're in your ego the whole time then everything's a problem right everything's a personal attack on yourself if you're humble then it's okay you've put yourself to the side you realize you're not important the bigger cause of the world is important you have a responsibility to that so petty things aren't so important the other thing is that humility is a big prerequisite to wisdom so there's a famous comparison that the Torah is like water. And it's like 
a bit obvious how you can see how that's a good metaphor. From the one side, water is a life-giving force, nothing can live without it. So to a Torah, a Jew can't live without Torah, it gives you life, it tells you how to live. So you would think this is how you understand why Torah is likened to water. But the Rambam, who explains this comparison, doesn't explain it like that at all. The Rambam says this, he says, Just as water always flows from a high place to a low place, so too wisdom will not rest on people who have an ego, but will settle on those who are low or who are humble. And that's why Torah is like water. So what the Rambam is saying is that there's no ways you can have wisdom, there's no ways you can have Torah if you aren't humble. So the question is, why? What's the link between humility and wisdom? So wisdom is the objective pursuit for truth, no matter what. If you have an ego, then you're not going to be able to do that pursuit properly. If you f learn something that goes against what you currently believe, then you're going to feel like it's a personal attack and you're going to rationalize why it can't be so. But if you realize that you, you're going, if you're thinking that you're going out of yourself, then when you hear something, then you can evaluate it objectively. You can evaluate it on its merits and you can accept it no matter what. Because you've understood that the most important thing is truth and not yourself. So it allows you to be able to learn properly. Um, the other point is, and on that point, it's just that when you're learning, the way to learn is to be honest. And if you do have something that travels, you don't say it's obviously wrong and I'm not going to ever deal with it. Rather try to articulate why it's a problem, right? So why don't you agree with it? And then you can argue with that person um, who's told you that wisdom. And then if you don't accept it, then, you've accept then you haven't accepted it because you've had good reason not to. But if you don't accept it because you just didn't like it, then your ego won the war. So, on this point, we can also talk further about how the Torah, which is I mean, wisdom, how it was given. So, the Torah was given to the most humble man, Moshe, in a humble setting. It was given in the desert. So, the reason why it was given in the desert is because it's teaching you that you have to empty yourself like a desert. If you have your own subjective desires, if you have your own ideas, then, it's going to, then there's no place for the Torah to sit. See, but if you empty yourself, you get outside of yourself, you realize that there's something bigger than yourself, then the Torah can fall on you, right? And then you can learn Torah. So, the important thing to remember here is that humans have an, a, a very, very deep need for meaning. Let's say I say to you, you're going to have all the money in the world, right? No responsibilities, you can do whatever you want, on condition, for the rest of your life, you're never allowed to do anything meaningful. Right? It's not a good deal. After two weeks, you're going to be bored. Right? There's only so many movies you can watch. There's only so much leisure you can do and enjoy. But the most important thing, really, you say, I'd rather take meaning over that kind of physical pleasure. The problem is that you're never going to be attached to something meaningful if your ego is always in the way. But if you're able to go up, if, if you're able to go out of yourself and say the cause is important and you can attach yourself to the cause, then you can now live a meaningful life. So humility is the, the big prerequisite for meaning. If you're going to be arrogant, then there's no way you're going to be humble. I mean, obviously, but if you're arrogant, then there's no way you're ever going to achieve meaning. So the final question we asked was, so now I've understood what humility is. It's realizing that I'm not important, Hashem is the most important thing, and I'm going to do His will no matter what. We said why it would be beneficial. And the last question is, how do you do it? So, a, a nice exercise to do 
is you can ask yourself what's worth dying for, right? What's important enough that I would put down my life for it? For example, if Israel was attacked by all nations in the world and they needed every Jew to come and help out, would you go? Would you say, look, I, can, I, I understand it's my life, but this is more important than my life. This is worth dying for. So that's a good tool to, you can use to identify important things. Would you die for, uh, I don't know, look, I can't think of anything on top of my head, but would you die for something else? No. Okay, not so important. Would you die for this? Yes. There's an importance to that. But now you can realize that instead of dying for it, you should live for it. So if the Jewish people are important enough that you would die for them, so why don't you live for the Jewish people? Why, why don't you get involved in causes that help the Jewish people? Why don't you take that kind of responsibility on? These are all causes that are bigger than yourself, allow you to attach yourself to something bigger, and then you can pursue something meaningful without having only to serve your own desires. So you can use the concept of dying for something to identify something important. Decide to live for it, and then do it. And then if you attach yourself to a cause where you have a responsibility to it, and you have responsibility to others outside of yourself, then that's a great exercise to train you in humility because then you are being humble.